And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart. I feel like it's been way too long that yeah, we've been on the show, but nevertheless, Joe DeLeon, good evening, good sir. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe it's just because so much has happened in the past couple of days since since Wednesday, which, holy shit, the transfer portal is on fire, Blake. There is so much happening right now. Well, the portal might be on fire, but nobody in the country is more on fire than Ole Miss, which we will mm. talk about here tonight. Um, dude, <laughs> I'm just going to say something here. I know that some are going to kill me for it. Here come the Rebels. Bruh, here come the Rebels. So we'll talk about it, but I guess initially your thoughts on what they're doing in the portal. Yeah, they are putting together with tremendous intention a unit that is going to be one of the best defensive units in all of college football. And them, they're one of the few teams that's not getting talked about enough. Nobody's really leaving. Nobody's going to the NFL draft. No one entered and is going in the transfer portal. A lot of these guys are coming back. And you got to give Lane Kiffin credit. They had problems defensively last year, and it cost them. And they're putting together, again, one of the best defensive units in the country with an underrated, over-criticized defensive coordinator, Pete Golding. That team is going to be really freaking good in 2024. Not all we'll talk about. Tom Allen is going to be the new uh, D.C. at uh, Penn State. We'll touch on that as well. Georgia, so the opposite side of that, Joe, is the overreaction a little bit to Georgia, which I just I, I don't necessarily understand. Yeah, and I think that based on the title, some people could have th think that we're we're coming in here to be in panic mode and say, oh my God, the sky is falling. No, we're here to criticize anyone that thinks that the sky is falling. We're, we're here to talk about how we shouldn't really be worried. Because if you look at their recruiting and you look at the couple of guys that have entered the portal, they're guys that they're not going to miss. They're going to be completely fine. The only thing I'll say, okay, and... To start it off just this way, I agree with you. I'm not worried. However, you just went through a season where you had a crap load of injuries in a lot of key places. Depth does become an issue when you lose that many guys. Now, you're getting a lot in, okay? I'm not – and a lot of good ones. you got multiple five-stars, not named Dylan Riola, who would be coming in. You got a, another five-star corner that would replace like an A.J. Harris as an example. The, the problem that I have with that is, is that, look, when you lose depth, you lose depth, and it can hurt you. You just saw it with, with Georgia this past year specifically. I also think that there is – there's still a lot of guys on the market in the portal, and I think no that Georgia is losing guys that, yes, could have stepped up and eventually become full-time starters – but realistically, they can fill some of that depth. You know, like Marvin Jones and Smile Munden were, were Smile Munden was a full-time starter. Marvin Jones could have become a, a full-time starter. AJ Harris could have become a full-time starter. But what I'm getting at here is that there are enough high-end depth players, rotational players that I think that are still in the market that I know Kirby's not super aggressive about going in the portal, but if he really needs to, he can. And I think that we should just pay attention and monitor that because there's plenty of time for them to fix any of those holes that they might have on the roster. Very possibly could. Very possibly could. And we'll also talk about some of the guys maybe that they could possibly add, uh, guys that have gone into the portal that we'll talk about here today. 
I think it's I do think it's funny that the entire country though did get spoofed on the KJ Jefferson fake profile saying, and I quote, "I'm out this bitch." Oh, you, is that not really him? That's really not him. No, it's oh a, it's no, I thought that was him. I got caught in it too. No, it, it, oh. it is a fake. It kind of sucks. That would have been funny if it was him. Yeah, it is not him. So, but uh, you on three run it, which on three took it and run with it, and and still has not the still does not realize that it's a fake. Wait, so he has hopped in the portal, but no, he's saying, in the portal. He posted but him on, saying, "I'm out." This bitch is not is not. Yeah, real. he did not okay. say that. Correct. Okay. He did not. Okay. He did not say, "I'm out." This bitch, which I mean, the account that tweeted it has 600 followers. I'm pretty sure. That KJ Jefferson does not have that. Does he even have a Twitter? Yeah, he does. Remember, he posted something, but that's not his. Yeah, he's the only one that comes up when you type in KJ Jefferson. Oh, yeah, it's his obvious parody account. Okay. Yeah, obvious <laughs> parody account. Right. Uh, so, so I was wondering funny. why the uh, Arkansas fan base wasn't more up in arms. I was like, oh, that's right. They're, this is a deep fake. So Kyle McCord going to Syracuse. We'll talk about that as well. Love that fit. Love, love, love that fit. What? Do you, you don't like that it? fit? I love it. It's a great fit. It's one of the best quarterback fits that we've seen during this, during this cycle. Uh, I don't know. I, did, I think out. it depends on where Cam Ward lands. But Cam Ward fits no, he most doesn't. teams. He no, he th- doesn't. He, there's like four teams that he could fit with. I think Kyle McCord. Big round hole. Kyle McCord at Nebraska is not as good of a fit, I think, as, as him landing at Syracuse. I you don't even know what type of offense they're going to be running. We I'm not talking we, about the offense. I'm just talking about like a the the a stylistic the the weapons that are coming back for Syracuse. Like that that's positive what they have. I I just I don't think it's like they, a very Sam Hartman type of move. Nebraska doesn't have any receivers. Too soon? Yeah, it's a little too soon. Okay, all right, we got a lot to discuss. Uh, Crosby Cuh says Walter Nolan going to Oregon. I don't know. Uh, you got better check better check Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Twitter seems to believe, at least people that are on three seem to believe, that he is going to Ole Miss, which technically he's from the state of Mississippi, Olive Branch, I think it's what it's called. Right. Uh, so we'll see. Cam Ward at Auburn would be a, would be a interesting. At Auburn. Which, by the way, they the, uh, Robbie Ashford just hit the portal. Oh, I didn't see that. What, did that happen today? No, it happened on Friday. They, mm. you know, media dump at the at the end of a Friday. So, look, we'll, we'll we'll see, you know, how this all transpires and goes. We'll talk about it. We got a lot to discuss. Uh, Crosby Suss says, no, nah, man, Walter Nolan is going to Oregon. Okay. All right. Uh, Jar Z Bear. Okay. This is like most of the comments on the channel, by the way. This Blake has good it. takes, Joe had bad takes i'm a notre dame fan by the way how is so you want to hear something crazy before we get rolling i was for sure on our notre dame segment of uh uh, uh, riley leonard on wednesday i was going to be the one to get roasted 
dude, they roasted you. They didn't roast me. I couldn't believe it. I don't think we got that many Notre Dame fans in the comments. But, yeah, I don't understand why the Notre Dame fans oh, aren't dude, more you optimistic. you better go check that episode on YouTube. And while yeah. you're at it there, Joe, you can like and subscribe and hit the notification bell. But look at the comments, man. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why people are more optimistic. He's a better athlete than Sam Hartman was. He provides way more of an impact, potential impact than Sam Hartman. I mean, we'll find out. You guys will see what I'm talking about when it's the end of the season next year. I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It doesn't change the play calling. That's true, but there's more diverse play calling. Play that can happen. It doesn't change the person doing the play calling. We don't know what it's going to be like with a different okay. different level of athlete. All right. We got a lot to discuss. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share all those social media groups on Facebook. Share all those social media pages. You're on pages. If you're watching us, listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget, give us that five-star rating. We greatly appreciate that and you doing it for us. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Old Miss killing in the portal. We lead off with that next. Benelon is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back. You know who may be back? Who? The Ole Miss Rebels. Well, you kind of maybe if need to be somewhere before you can be back, but Ole Miss has had some years where they've been really good. And, Joe, this is shaping up for Ole Miss this upcoming year, 2024. They might have the best team on paper – they may have the best team that they've had maybe ever. So over the last couple of weeks, it has been pretty well known, at least in my opinion. Now, Colorado is technically ranked number one in the transfer portal, mainly due to the fact of just the pure number of guys that they're getting in the transfer portal. But Ole Miss, don't get it twisted. Ole Miss is winning the transfer portal, and here's why. Look, man, they're getting a lot of experience at DB. They're getting a lot of experience and a lot of talent along the defensive line. Oh, and by the way, on three, I, I forget who's reporting it on on three, but some people are putting in their crystal balls or whatever, the RPMs, whatever they're calling them, that Walter Nolan, the Texan in defensive tackle, may be going to Ole Miss. Juice Wells also announced the wide receiver from South Carolina that he is going to be going to Ole Miss. Joe, they're killing it. The guys that they've added at important positions are going to set up Ole Miss to have a tremendous 2024 season. If they get Walter Nolan, this thing gets even crazier. But one of their biggest issues last year was defending the run, was rushing the passer. 
to add right. Tyler Barron, to add Princely Umami Ellen, who is inconsistent, but still a very physically gifted pass rusher from Florida. And then we get to maybe possibly add Walter Nolan. Dude, this this team right now is scary, scary good. And I they, know a lot of oh, my bad. No, no, no. Go ahead. What were we gonna say? Go they ahead. could be adding. So we'll talk about this in the Penn State segment with Tom Allen yeah. in a minute. We talked about this in pre-production. Joe, they could potentially be adding 24 sacks to their defensive line, all right, with uh, Human Yellen, who had seven. By the way, look, literally was retweeting this when he hit the portal, like, LSU, go get him, you know, my favorite team. And everybody's like, why? He wasn't that good. He had 11 and a half tackles this year and seven sacks. Barron also had six sacks around, I think, 10 tackles for loss for Tennessee. Oh, by the way, they went and got two dudes in the back end that have over 150 career tackles. They've gotten so much better along the defense. Penn State led the country in sacks. So here was my point. Penn State led the country in sacks with 48. They're adding half of that in the portal right now. Right now, Joe. And and so forget that everybody like Trey Harris, more than likely Jackson Dart, Quinshawn Juckins, they have dudes already returning. You know what this feels like? Tell me this doesn't feel like Florida State from a year ago. Because yeah. if, you, if you put it down like on paper, yeah, and you're like, damn, Jordan Travis is returning. Team went 10-2, and 9-3 and three a year ago. Both, both teams had 10 wins. I, I don't think that they're to the level maybe of talent, okay, as maybe some positions like Florida State. But dude, they it it feels like that's exactly what they're accomplishing is what Florida State maybe a a tier lower than that. They are they are replicating Florida State right now. I actually I love that that comparison. I Thank really you. think that they're with the defensive talent that they added, the receivers that Florida State added. There are a lot of palpable comparisons. And look, I don't think it should be even debated. They had Walter Nolan. This is the best recruiting portal hall. I don't think anyone else is going to find a way to replicate it if they manage to get the number one rated consensus player that's currently in the transfer portal. There should be no debate right now that as we're projecting to 2024, and I know that you know Georgia has a really talented roster, Alabama has a talented roster, and, and Mizzou just had a really nice season, and LSU still has a lot of really young, talented players. Old Miss for me, has solidified themselves in the top three of the SEC with this group that they're bringing in. I, I know that they I know that they have underperformed, and everyone loves to do the whole, oh, Lane Kiffin is just going to end up failing and fumbling his way to another three-loss season. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that. I, this is a roster that, that he has never had as a head coach. And on top of that, this is a quality of roster that we rarely see from a team that is not named LSU, Alabama, or Georgia. This team is good enough to have solidified themselves as the third best team or competing for maybe that second spot in the SEC because they are so loaded front to back. It's not that they just went in and added guys and filled holes and they they added added a bunch of players. They added dudes. They added first-round caliber prospect-type dudes on their defensive line and a talented receiver in Juice Wells. Look out. Look the hell out. Yeah, there is going to be Trey, a big surprise in Trey Harris is returning. You know, like Quinshot Junkins is returning. Now, the only question would be, 
they did go get a talented offensive lineman and a guard, okay, from Southern Miss that they added into the portal. I I agree with what you're saying, but this under people saying that Lane is underperforming, underperforming how? Because there's only two losses on the year were Georgia and um, Alabama. Two years ago, he also went ten and two. That's the only losses that they have. Now he could have lost to LSU, but they wind up holding on there at the end, winning fifty five forty nine in the Grove. They're not underperforming. This is the best stretch in a long time, maybe ever, that Ole Miss has had. I, I, I mean, I can't remember a time. It's the second time in Ole Miss's history that a coach has 10 wins in a regular season. Joe, this team's going to make the playoff. Like, now that the playoff is expanding, yes. It, yes. It's, this team's going to make the playoff. And I, I, I'm i not going to say that they had the same amount of talent as some, like AM had a crap load of talent. They just couldn't coach it, right? Like they couldn't, you know, game plan for it. This staff can. And I'm going to tell you, I, I what what was the first thing that I told you? So when we came on this show yeah. last year and Pete Golding was hired at Ole Miss, do you remember what I told you? The Well, I mean, we both liked the move. We thought that he was overly criticized at, at Alabama. Yes, and this is the biggest thing that has happened to Ole Miss maybe ever because you have two premier coaches that, by the way, had the same tutelage from Nick Saban at Ole Miss. Now, I'm going to tell you this, and it can be FedExed overnight. Put the uh, collective together or put the – collage together if you will on what i'm saying fedex okay they are spending a crap load of money you think these kids are coming here for free no you think those they're spending a crap load of money because lane and pete know how the sausage is made and they're getting it done they're I, Right now, because of the playoff expanding, you can get you can say whatever you want to me. I think there could be four SEC teams in the playoff next year. I think oh, well that, there might even be a debate for five for five, five teams in it ending up uh, making because, it in. Especially, you, you, you could talk about Texas, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss right now. Yeah, I mean, I think five is is certainly very realistic for for the SEC in twenty twenty four to put that many teams in the playoff. And just to kind of round out our thoughts here, though, on this, I, I really. The biggest reason why I'm optimistic is, is, again, it's one thing to have talent. You talked about Texas A&M as an example. That was unactualized talent. We know what we're getting with the product of some of these guys, but you mentioned a second ago the returning players at important positions. We've already no, got no. one of the most productive backs in the in the SEC in Quinchon Judkins, Trey Harris, Zakari Franklin. I don't know if, if he's coming back, but that group with Jackson Dart, who has now two seasons starting in the SEC, is tremendously important. There's not a lot of um there's not a lot of quarterbacks coming back to the SEC that are as weathered and have been through as much as Jackson Dart has been. And I think that that's critically important. The last part of this is what you're talking about here with with Pete Golding. Pete Golding was overly criticized this year, was overly criticized last year in his last year at Alabama. Right. And we're not going to be saying that in 2024. We're, we're, we're just not. We're not going to be having that same sentiment. Give him the bodies that he needs to produce 
and they're going to have a really good defense. I promise that the results are going to be a complete 180, and we're going to be talking about Pete Golding for the Broyles Award. He's going to be in that conversation. Very possibly, very possibly could be a scenario. But look, Lane, I mean, Lane hit a home run when he hired, as they're calling him in the Grove, Portal Pete. Okay, like you have legitimately, all right, you have Ole Miss Twitter, like official Twitter, putting a like a, a, a thing together with a whole bunch of pictures of Pete, uh, of Pete Golding and a song behind it. Like they're put, they're saying this is on him, okay. And so it, it, there comes a, a point in time where you one thing you know what the one thing I've thought about too. Remember Lane Kiffin trolling Jimbo Fisher, saying they're paying for everybody. Well, now yeah. you're doing the exact same thing. And you know what? If you're going to troll somebody for doing what's exactly what it is that you're doing right now, you better win. You better win. That's true. That's very true. I mean. Kiffin has done this uh, has done this this whole shtick for a while now, where he makes fun of the other coaches. And some of it's in jest, some of it is is malicious. But one thing I have to add to this, though, Blake, if there is a, a caveat to the discussion, I am a little bit concerned with their high school recruiting because there is a pretty big drop off from the portal hall that they've got coming in. And then the class of 2024 kids that are coming in because they've got a couple of four stars. And I know that it's very easy to say, oh, the recruiting rankings aren't reflective of how the staff views these recruits. It's still a pretty good measuring stick, a pretty good barometer for a level of talent. They're ranked 20th right now on on three. So they're not exactly in that upper echelon. They've got one of the lowest SEC recruiting classes for the 2024 cycle. Now, is there time for them to maybe pull and flip some kids? Yes, absolutely. They're being very aggressive right now. And I think that it's going to be easier to flip kids when they can point to and say, look at these upperclassmen that you're going to get to play with before they go on to the NFL. You're going to get to learn from from them, and then you're going to take over, and we're going to be in the national championship conversation. But until I see it, it's not great to be in that 20th range. They, they got to do a lot more in the high school recruiting. We just spent a second in the in the open, and we're about to talk about it with Georgia in a second, about how having depth is important. And where you get depth is good high school recruiting so that if Walter Nolan or Tyler Barron or any of these guys go down, you can bring a freshman in that has tools that can play at a, a high level if he's called upon to do so. Two things. They're killing it in state, though. They've never done this. That's true. They're killing it in-state. They're running the state, and I'm going to tell you, they're locking it down. Second thing, Patrick Keel, saying that Golden had every opportunity to succeed at Alabama is what he comments. He's not going anywhere else. He's a recruiter, and that's it. That's not true. That that he had a top-10 defense at UTSA, of all places. He had, of since 2018, he was there from 18 to 22. He only had one year when he didn't have a top-10 defense, and it was actually 13th. So what are you talking about? Yeah, if you give Lane Kiffin a top 20 defense, there you're in trouble. It's the, it, it, they're they're in trouble. Like, dude, the dude won three national titles or two national yeah, wait. Yeah, two national titles at Alabama, right? 18, at least one. Uh, 18, 20. They did right with two. One. I, I also think the thing with Pete Golding, though. Yes, Will Anderson was on 
the last year that Pete Golden oh, was Walter the defensive Nolan's coordinator. Oh, about to be on there. This is Ole Miss we're talking about, Joe. This isn't right. Like, this isn't well, LSU, Georgia, A&M. This is Ole Miss we're talking about. Yes. What I, what I was going to say, though, is that final year that he was there, that they, again, statistically were still one of the better defenses in college football that was considered a bad year for him. They were they had a lot of holes. They had holes in their secondary. They had holes at linebacker. They that defense last year was not as good as the Alabama Over defense. Overperformed their talent. Exactly. And you know what? I hear people, Joe, talking about that Tennessee game, right? Yeah. As one that he fumbled. Well, I'm old enough to remember at the end of the game, there was a fumble by um God bless it. Who was the Tennessee quarterback? Oh God, why is his name slipping my uh, mind? Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker. I'm old enough to remember when Hendon Hooker fumbled the football, Ole Miss scooping scored. And then you went three and out the last the next time that you got it on offense. Like what anyway, we're spending way too much time on it. I'm just yep. saying the dude can coach. If look, he's from Louisiana. He's from Hammond. Joe, I we we're from the same exact place. I know people th- say that I'm I'm a homer to him, but the truth is, and, and guess where he's, you know, just throwing this out there. Guess right. where, he, you know, Southeast South Louisiana. Louisiana. I, I'm just, you know, j- just Look, saying. Ke- just a line of fu- final thought. Kevin Steele's coaching the guys that he recruited right now. That's like, we, need, we, we, we need to remember he it's different chef that's cooking his his goddamn recipe. So, like, we need to, you know, we need to recognize that what's happening here. That the it, credit needs to go to Golding more, which is, I, I, it, I hate how much he's been criticized. Right. All right, what what do we need? You want to talk about another DC and and Tom Allen really quickly to Penn State? Yeah, let's let's hit that quick before we get to Georgia. Tom Allen, the former Indiana head coach, not his brother Tim Allen. You know, was on the TV show called Home Improvement. Just joking, but Tom Allen, the former Indiana head coach, is the next DC at Penn State, replacing Manny Diaz, who's now the head coach of Duke. Joe, very quickly. This is what Penn State did defensively last year. You ready? Number one in total defense, number three in passing defense, number one in rushing defense, only 69 yards allowed on, on in rushing last year, rushing yards allowed. Scoring defense, they were third, third, or 10th, excuse me, on third downs. Joe, they were number one in the country in sacks at 48. Red zone defense, though, is where they were abysmal. They were tied for 111th. I don't know if I like this hire at all. Like, I knew what I'd get in Manny Diaz from a recruiter. I knew what I'd get from Manny Diaz as a play caller. Look, there's not a lot more you can do when the guy that's leaving you literally was the number one total defense in the country, right? Like, I mean, you can't get any better than what they did. I don't know if this isn't a massive downgrade. Now, I don't know if there was a DC out there to Manny Diaz's, uh, 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 you know who caliber, uh, Jim Leonard. He's still not hired. We'll see. Let me ask you something about, I'll ask you about that later, but something's got to be up with that. If nobody's hiring him, something's off with that. I mean, the only thing that would make sense is he must be a dickhead, but I don't think that that's true. I'm obviously joking when I say that that's the only thing that would make sense that people don't like him personality wise but that Maybe. makes no sense to me i had keanu benton on my draft show last year and he spoke incredibly highly of jim leonard so clearly a highly liked guy i don't know what it is i don't know maybe there's some skepticism there i don't know but downgrade 
Uh, now, yeah. what's not a downgrade is you have a guy that has experience in the Big Ten who can call defenses. Right? Like, I, I mean, he's... Wait, but they, does he really, though? Because, like, okay, I don't know if if you have his background pulled up, but I he's do. got one year of, of being a defensive coordinator at Indiana before he took the Indiana job. And then he was a linebacker special teams coach at Old Miss. And then he was an assistant head coach at Arkansas State and a DC at Drake. I, he's got like a couple of years of experience calling defenses as a defensive coordinator. That's yeah. why I agree with you. I think this is a terrible move. He's got no, it, it, this is a, a huge step down from what you just had in Manny Diaz. It's a step down. Um, I don't know how they can get any better. I, I just think it's a bad fit, yeah. right? Continuing to prove to me that why I don't, you know, like I trusted James Franklin a lot this year. I actually tried to put bias aside and tried to trust in James Franklin. I'm not doing it anymore. Like I, I'm legit. Are they going to win 10 games a year? Maybe not now because you have some of these bigger name teams coming into the Big Ten. Maybe not now. But what I will tell you is, is that this does not move any needles for me. Remember, now, I will tell you, he did recruit some pretty good players in Indiana that wound up wound up leaving, all right? Michael Penix over the last couple of years being the biggest, right? Like, he can identify talent. I think he knows how things are made. And it's always good from an experience level to have really just a, a an experienced guy. Like, he's been around football for a long time. So yeah, maybe he doesn't go out there and recruit at a high level, but you can't get better than what you had in Manny Diaz. I'm sorry, you're not you're not going to. This is a downgrade. Yeah, it's it's difficult to to try and replace Manny Diaz, but it's it's not like they were in the situation where they were late to find a replacement, and that all of the good defensive coordinator candidates were gone. I think that if I were to dissect this decision and were to guess why this was made they went and got a guy in in colt necky from kansas and he's purely a play caller to be their offensive coordinator and i think because they're going with a younger slightly more inexperienced coach that is an up-and-comer they didn't want to do the same thing at defensive coordinator there are probably plenty of g5 programs that they could have gone and grabbed a, a top high quality dc but they chose not to and they probably wanted that level of experience. They needed that balance in their coaching staff because if the most experienced guy in the room is James Franklin and you don't have that type of head coaching experience, which they clearly valued with Manny Diaz the time that they hired him, that's probably why they, they, they went in that direction, that they wanted to have some sort of experience on that coaching staff. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. I just think that there's no way that you get back to where you were. And no. to be be honest with you, look, it's very difficult when you're replacing one coordinator. Joe, they're replacing two, right? Like they, it's difficult when you're replacing two dudes. Now, James has been there a long time, okay, and they've recruited fine, they've developed fine, they've scouted fine. But I, I think you're about to see like a team in Ole Miss where they're going to get exposed. Like I, yeah. I think that they're going to play Ole Miss in a couple of what a couple of weeks or two weeks, and they're going to get weeks. exposed, right? So it is what it is. I I, I want to root. I want to root for Penn State. I want to root for James Franklin. Like I, I dude, I, I grew up. Dude, you're a big college football fan, Joe. So am I. It's, there's a reason why you and I spend so much freaking time 
talking nothing but college football, literally all year long. Like we could talk about just college sports in general. We talk about college football. I've always grown up like Penn State is a blue blood, great program. But how long are you going to be stagnant? Okay. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. It doesn't feel Penn State to me. I think you hit the nail on the head there for the, the, the final thought on this is they have yet to return. And I, I look, I know it sounds kind of strange and, and ironic for me saying this about another program, me being a Notre Dame fan, but they kind of do fall into that bucket of always being really good, but can't get over that hurdle to being truthfully and truly in that national championship conversation. And I think a, a move like this, hiring Tom Allen, when you could have gone and gotten a guy like Jim Leonard, who was a head coach for a period of time as an interim and is one of the best defensive coordinators in college football at the time that he was running that Wisconsin defense, to not make that move, it, it's it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I'm blanking on his, his damn name, the Broyles Award winner this year. How oh, hard Phil is it Parker. to... How hard is it to coerce Phil Parker away from Iowa? Phil Parker's not leaving Iowa. I have a very, 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 very close dude um, in Iowa of all freaking places. And I don't. He would never not, leave. I'm not going to say ever. Well, um, I'm sure Ference is going to retire before he's ready to hang it up. I, I I don't know what I would tell you. What I would tell you is it's going. If you think. Joe, do you really think that Phil Parker has not been trying to be plucked away from Iowa? Oh, he's yeah. Got most, he's got the most cush job in the country. I, I mean, the, the truth is he's taking random-ass white dudes and winning football games. Well, and, I would argue you know I would argue you know the sad. You know what's yeah. sad? Okay? That's why nobody really believes in, in the Big Ten. Okay? Like, I, I'm just being real. Joe, there's not an offense in the Big Ten this year that's worth a damn. Not one. Like people say, oh well, we're good. Michigan's really uh, Michigan's got a really good run game, though. Like, the I mean, shit you can't they say do. That, you can't say that the it's bad. It's still yes, they do. Come on. No, they don't. Because you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. And I, it, it kills me as I'm wearing my LSU home field apparel shirt, where people go and they put in the promo code Rafino Joe, they get fifteen percent off. Okay. No shameless plug there. Watch what happens when they play Bama. I I I think you're going to be a clapping awoken. is a, a clapping is rudely awoken. All I was going to say though is Game that Thrones? I you know I don't. You ask me that once okay. a week and I don't. The Night King's coming. His name's Nick Saban and his target's Michigan. Good luck. Look, Phil Parker going to Penn State though, I would argue would be a desirable move for him to be a defensive coordinator still in the Big 10. I don't know. I just it sucks. It sucks that they didn't try to go and grab somebody that was more premiere. What is what's happening in the comments? Frederick Meredith, which by the way, the the name Frederick Meredith might be the whitest name that we've ever read on this show. Says white dudes can ball too, and you know uh, that he's white uh, because you know Frederick. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, look, he just said this. Frederick says Michigan's going down. Only white people put the thumb down emoji after going down. Well, and also the yellow hand is kind of. All right. All right.
Let's do this, Joe. Let's just got done talking about our good friends over at Home Field Apparel. I got a new shirt. Guess what? Guess what school it is? Oh no, I can't really see. Move your microphone. So, so I did the I did the mystery box, and this one was cool that they sent me. It was I'm, really I, cheap. I'm gonna say it's Idaho. No, it's Boise. It's Boise State. You Boise didn't State. let me finish. Oh. Where's Boise located, Joe? It's in Idaho. <laughs> okay, you're, I was I was building up to Okay. You well, completely. I, and of course you like mystery boxes, don't you? All right. They sent me it. It, it was it was very cheap with the with the promo code and they were doing a special with the promo code. Dude, I got two shirts for 20 bucks. It was so cheap. Sadly that 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 promo is now no longer available for our listeners, but um I got this one. The other one kind of sucks, though. It's like a it's a UNC shirt, and it says like I'm Tar Heel born, which is kind of weird because like I've got no association with with UNC, so I can't really wear it. But still, great quality. Uh, <laughs> you're entertained by the stupidest things. Since <laughs> <laughs> over at home, fill the barrel. Joe, a lot of people freaking out about Georgia. We talk about that next. Rafino and Joe show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan. Maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know what I was really entertained by today? What? The Italians in New Orleans defeated Tommy DeVito and the New York football giants. What are you talking about? Uh, the Ital- what Italians on that Saints oh, team? Excuse me? You're saying that you're making it seem like the, the, the Saints are like packed with Italian guys. What are you talking about? I said the New Orleans Italians beat the New York. How many New, how many Italians is on? We, we, got, got, we, got Tom, we got Tommy DeVito. I'm sure if I went through the roster, I could find a couple more. But that, that's, that's all huh? that matters. We got Tommy DeVito. Well, you still lost to the Saints. You got a Mormon guy playing H-back for you, man. Get it's it true. together. I mean, he's always there. Do you have a dog? No, I live next to the elevator, 
Uh, I didn't know that uh, that's crazy. You could hear that. And people's loud ass dogs come strolling by. Um, Keen so, ears for dog, for dog barks. You know what else, too? Did you see the le- Notre Dame's mascot, the leprechaun on the sidelines? Is, is hey, man. A- hey, man. Put some respect on his name. Look, I, I, if, if he represents media people, I would love to meet him. Uh, maybe we yeah, should reach out to him. Represent us. Yeah, maybe we should reach out to him. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's talk a little Georgia. Joe, over the last couple of weeks, uh, or not weeks, I guess less seven to ten days, a lot of people kind of been freaking out about Georgia and a lot of players hitting the portal. Look, have they had some great, I say great players, but really good players hit the portal last couple of days, last week or so? Yeah, they have. All right? Like, I'm not going to deny that. They also have the number one class in the country coming in. Like, they still have dudes, Joe, in 2024 that are coming in that can replace a guy like A.J. Harris. Ellis Robinson the fourth from ING is coming in. It's a five-star corner. They got Andre Evans from Tennessee who's coming in. That kid can can cover. Am I, am I underreacting to this? Now, I, I will say when you lose that many dudes to the, the, the portal, depth can become an issue. All right? Like, Georgia's not excluded from that. But they already have really quality depth at these positions any damn way. Why am I not overreacting to this? And why are so many other people overreacting to it, in my opinion? At least? Because you shouldn't be overreacting to this. We always get, we always become prisoners of the moment when we see a couple of guys in a short period of time enter the portal, and it's like, oh my God, the sky's falling. This team is screwed. They're, they're going to have a down year in, in 2024. And, but what you just said is, is so true. One, they're bringing in one of the most talented defensive recruiting classes that we've seen that they're bringing in. You talked about the corners, the defensive linemen that they're bringing in, Ellis Robinson, Justin Williams, uh, Chris Cole, Jaden Randall's a really talented tight end in the class that I really like. They are always going to be able to refuel. They're always going to get high four stars and five star recruits. And the way that they've recruited over the last three seasons, what is happening this cycle was bound to happen. The rotational guys that are competing with the younger group coming in that are going to make it even harder for them to get on the field are going to get frustrated and they're going to leave. This isn't a circumstance where they don't have the premier talent on the roster. It's not like Texas A&M right now who all those guys are hopping in the portal and they don't have the recruits coming in yet with a new head coach. I agree with that. There is such a good foundation that even if they lose – Marvin Jones Jr. and A.J. Harris, they've got so many guys coming back, and they've also got so many guys that are going to fill in for those spots. It's fine. Some guys don't like competition, and some are going to want to go somewhere that they get guaranteed money and that they get a guaranteed starting position. It's going to happen when you recruit as good as Georgia does. I mean, the other part to this too, though, the the, the uh, Jamon Dumas-Johnson departure is the one that I think had people most freaking out. Might I remind everybody, most expected Jamon Dumas-Johnson to declare for the NFL draft. So we all assumed he wasn't even going to be coming back. So why does it matter that he's not coming back to Georgia? He might even end up declaring. It doesn't matter. It's not going to affect them. Smile Munden returns, which is more important than Jamon Dumas-Johnson. They'll be fine. But when you have a guy that... I. 
I get what you're saying in reference to you thought that he was going to declare for the draft anyway, but he didn't. And reality is he might go play for somebody else. And there's a likelihood he could play for somebody else in your own conference. God willing. And, you know, we didn't talk about Chris Paul Jr. Okay, earlier uh, when we did our Ole Miss segment, the linebacker from Arkansas. Yeah. God willing, what happens, all right, if the kid goes to Ole Miss, then what? So those two teams play. I will say, though, I 1,000% agree with you. If they didn't have, you know, more five stars coming in, literally more five stars coming in, then I would probably sit here and say, okay, they're, they might be in a little bit of trouble. You can't lose five stars like that on a consistent basis. Guys that can really play and sustain. Georgia can because they're recruiting at such a high level. The one thing I will say, though, I do think Kirby's got to go in the portal a little bit here. He's not doing anything. I, I don't disagree. Okay, don't he's going to have to go in the portal. Like, here's the truth. You need to do it on the outside that can play. You need dudes. You need proven dudes. Like, what happens if Georgia gets in the run in the running for a Juice Wells? Yeah, they should have been in that conversation, you and they weren't. Me, you told me, all right, d- during the offseason, that Alabama doesn't have the wide receiver talent. And I said, Joe, they do have the wide receiver talent. They're not, they're not showcasing it. Isaiah Bond might be the hottest wide receiver in the country right now that nobody's talking about. You're going to have Jermaine Burton, as an example, also has had a, to them, maybe not statistically, big year. You got to go get dudes, man. And that's the only, and I know Georgia fans are going to kill me for this. I think you need another weapon or two offensively. Now, I don't disagree with that. They're, they're probably going to get, you know, it's probably going to start. Now, let me stop everything I'm just saying. They're going to start getting some guys here in a minute. Trevi Etienne is still in the portal, and they need a back. So and he's raised very heavily rumored to go Georgia. to Georgia. Yeah. They're going to do some things. I'm not saying they're not. I just think that they, you know, for me, like, and I'm cherry picking. Like, I, I, I'm very much cherry picking on what I think Georgia needs to do. Georgia can line up next week. They can line up next year with what they have. They're going to dominate people. Okay, like, don't don't get now. They got a brutal schedule. A brutal schedule. But they're going to dominate dudes. All I'm saying is they're recruiting at too high of a level. They got they got depth coming back. Some of it you need quality depth, and maybe that you take a hit there. But our experience depth—I shouldn't say quality depth—you're taking a you're taking a hit at experience depth. Yes, I also think that there's a pretty nice example that we have right now this season: the team that literally just beat them in the SEC championship game. Including us, we did it on this show, and a lot of people were like, "Oh my God, can Alabama win with with young roster? Can, can they can they win with having to rely on Downs and on Proctor having to step in and play important roles?" And they have; those guys have played at an unbelievable level. When, when freshmen have to step in and play, when you're recruiting them well enough, if you need to get them on the field. They can contribute. If you have a good culture, you're going to be fine. Right. Uh, other thought, though, Jamon Dumas Johnson, I texted you this, taking a visit to Kentucky. Some people commented on that Kentucky video. They're like, oh, they're not going to be in the playoff conversation. 
I, I still stand by that that statement, dude. If they, that roster, if they get Jamon Dumas Johnson, they're continuing to do some really nice things. Yeah, and I think that they've recruited really well. They need to get better, a little bit better, in my opinion, on on two areas. I think that they're gonna, they're Georgia's gonna be fine. They're gonna get ATN. They're gonna be fine there. They got some backs coming in. I I, I don't. I, they're just not a team that I worry about. Like I, I, I mean. I, I just don't. I, 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 right. I mean, stars ultimately do matter. There's a reason why teams that don't recruit five stars like this aren't winning national titles because, look, you're going to hit more times than you miss. Yes. I will say this. I texted you about a rumor, and I, I can't speak on it because it, it's there's not really a lot of sourcing behind it, but there was a guy that I texted you a week ago that was rumored to maybe enter enter the portal. If they lose any of their premier guys, outside of Jamon Dumas Johnson, then we can freak out. That's all I'm going to say. If what I texted you about comes to fruition and any of those big guys do enter the portal, then yes, we can freak the hell out. Not but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, not hitting the portal. All right. No. But if it did, though. I'm just not – look, I, I think that divisions aren't here anymore. And, look, we didn't talk about this in the Ole Miss segment. Ole Miss does not have a brutal schedule. Georgia does, though, but Georgia can sustain it. Georgia can, you know, I mean, look, you they're going to run the football at an effective rate. I, I think they'll be fine. Now, you got to replace B Brock Bowers. It's a big thing to replace, Joe. I mean, they, they, you know, for the first time, you, you, start, but you start sitting here and saying, okay, well, do they have talent? Yes. Or do you need to put them in your top five, top three? Yes. Okay. You also got to see some of this talent develop a little bit and see it on the field. I mean that, yeah. dude. Right now, I'll put Georgia at number two for me. I, I like. I don't care. Okay, like Georgia's going to be in my top three going into next year. <laughs> I, I mean, shit. I'm still putting them at one. If Carson Beck comes back, I'm putting them at one. They, they. By the way, they have one of the well, most. The only team that I would not put them ahead of would be Bama, ba mainly due to the fact of you do have we could have the. Returning national champ, returning. Potentially. They won the national championship yet, so I'm not going to go that far. They do have, though, one of the most deepest and most talented tight end rooms. They do. The they help us and they, they can play. They have deliberately recruited guys that play very similarly to Brock Bowers. Not, not saying that they're going to end up going on to be top 10 picks like Brock Bowers is about to be, but I tell you what, don't be shocked if Delp and, and some of those other guys that are behind him don't end up having really productive years. They've got some weapons. It's just like kind of what you're talking about, kind of like with Alabama last year where we needed it. We need to see it be showcased and utilized and developed for them to actually be a legitimate threat. Don't disagree. All right. Want to talk about some of these portal, uh, yeah. some of the news in the portal? Where do you want to start first? Uh, let's start with our good friend Kyle Let me, let me say this. Uh, Frederick, Frederick, uh, said that Cedric Van Prang, uh Granger is going to be difficult to replace at center. I 1,000% agree with that. 1,000%. And look, they play yeah, played a lot of games. Well, and they played Clemson week one, and you could say whatever you want about Clemson. Okay, I get it. Clemson's not a team you can just roll over and just walk in there and beat the shit out of them. Now, have teams done that? Yes. Okay, but y'all you, you, can hate on them if you want to. I'm not going to do it. All right. Talk a little of these portal additions. You want to start with Kyle McCord? Let's do it. Kyle McCord entered the transfer portal, what, Joe, 10 days ago, nine days ago, whatever it was, was an early riser. Remember, Monday morning was the 
so it would be 13 days ago. Monday morning, the portal opens, and 5 o'clock rolls around. Kyle McCord is the first name in the portal. I'm like, God, dog, what, Kyle McCord? Then you come to find out, you know, a lot of reasons behind it, and you say to yourself, okay, well, that make, makes a little sense. Goes to Nebraska, moves on from Nebraska, and then now is committed to Syracuse. What's your thoughts on him going to the Qs? First of all, uh, it's completely non-factual for anyone who is saying that he came in and demanded a raise and all that stuff. Kyle McCord was told that they were going to, to add competition to the quarterback room, and he made the right business decision in trying to pursue a better opportunity for himself. And throughout this process, we saw Nebraska, and I didn't think that that was a good fit. And just simply for the for him to transition from a Big Ten school to another Big Ten school that is more run-centric, that had a lot of trouble throwing the football, that had, had a total lack of success moving the ball through the air, not a lot of receiver talent, all that stuff, I didn't like that. And then for the possibility to be competing with Ohio State in the Big Ten, he was going to be cast in such a negative um, light like he's being right now. People are trying to cast him in this negative light that he he was immature and and didn't you know demanded and made some crazy demands. Him going to Syracuse, I think, is great because he's going in a in a conference that is a little bit up in the air in, in 2023 outside of Florida State in Miami. There are a lot. There's a lot of room for teams to do I some Louisville damage. On there. I put Louisville on there and Louisville. Sorry, I forgot about forgot about Louisville. Mm-hmm. That roster has added two talented receivers in Jackson Meeks and Yazid Haynes. They already have a thousand yard rusher in Lakeen Allen, and then their tight end wide receiver hybrid, uh, Aronde Gadsden, had almost a thousand yard season two years ago, got hurt this year. Guy is extremely talented. That offense is capable of being very explosive, and he's getting the transition from a team that I, I felt like was was putting a lot of pressure on his shoulders to perform. I don't think it's going to be the same thing here with Syracuse in, in, in 2023. I love the direction that Fran Brown has this team going in and this schedule that they're going to be playing. Do it's not be shocked. Do not be shocked if Syracuse is in a nine win team next year. They absolutely can accomplish that. You know, Ohio state would be 11 and one if me and you played quarterback there. Stop. He looked. I, I, we, I, mean, I was critical of him. I was critical of him. We were both critical of him. He played like shit, but like he still played well in other games this year. He's still a like a, a former five star good quarterback. Well, so is DJ. So is DJU. DJU stinks. <laughs> okay, I mean he's still a former five star, <laughs> you know, quarterback. Um, I don't. I. I, I I, I like to fit in the sense of that for Syracuse more than I do Kyle McCord. Let me explain. We have no idea what this is about to look like. Now, we can have a somewhat of an understanding. Now, I, I think Syracuse, you know, they sit good for, you know, a good defensive line. Like, I think the Diggs kid from AM, he may be going to Syracuse. They'll add some pieces. But I just don't know how much of it makes sense at the current moment for Kyle McCord because you don't know how the your first time head coach ever. I, I, I think it's a little risk. I think it's less. I, I think it's less risk of knowing what will happen 
with Matt Rule versus him going to Syracuse. But he gets out of the Big Ten. He doesn't have to hear the shit all the time. Okay, he can go and, and redo some things. He'll be in New York, and if he does good, there's no telling what will happen for him. I agree that they could be an eight, maybe at max nine win team as of right now, knowing what I know right now, okay, in December. But Notre Dame rotates off, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they don't play Notre Dame next year, right? They don't. Okay. Their so hardest games it, their hardest is games Miami, are right? Like, they're hard, like you said in pre, pre-production. They're Miami and NC mine. State are their two hardest games. They're non-con. This is the crazy part. I pulled up their schedule, and I was like, okay, who's going to be their challenge in non-con? Non-con. Ohio, Army, Holy Cross, UConn. Hey, don't sleep on Ohio. Did their you know what just ball- transferred? Curtis Work just transferred. They- Did you not just see that ball game? Yeah, the they Ohio screwed me. I took the under. They played yeah, Georgia Southern that lost four games game in a row. Ohio. Never. Could, By the okay, way, their quarterback is talk about some of these games to, before we wrap it up out of here. Just throwing it out there. They're all like G five games. Okay, okay. But ten if you want to. Montana. Let's go, Chris. That game was crazy. Dude, the Montana fans hate me. <laughs> so I said it. I, I, I like to I like look, I think it's big for Fran that he gets an established, experienced quarterback that can play and has played at the one of the higher levels of college football. Just at the current moment, I don't know how much sense it makes for Kyle McCord. That's all I got to say. Because I, I there's nothing else, Joe, that I can add there. I think the kid's gonna get better. I think he's gonna face lesser competition. But well, but that's that's kind of what I'm getting at here is there's less of a gauntlet. The corners that you face in the Big Ten are, are not – it's not like you're playing SEC or, or Pac-12 caliber corners. But the front sevens that you're getting – that are just kicking the shit out of you on a week-to-week basis, there is a huge difference between the ACC right. and the Big Ten. He's not going to get hit as much, and he's got all these weapons to work with. I just think with all of his presented options – the only two that seemed like they had actual smoke to them were Syracuse and were Nebraska. And I think Miami was rumored, and it seems like they were treating him as a – all these other teams were going to treat him like a secondary option, and he shouldn't – you know, he should respect himself enough to say, I'm not going to go somewhere that's going to say, let's just wait till Cam Ward decides and then you can come, buddy. That's – who literally could be the guy who ends up taking his job at Ohio State. It's better for him to go somewhere that has prioritized him, and I think that Syracuse is doing that. They got two uh, receivers from the portal. I, I don't disagree. I, I just again, yeah. like, I'm going to continue to say it. I know. I, I got to see it. KJ. Well, let's do Will Rogers before we do KJ. And and listen, because I'm going to make a business decision for us. We got to talk about this Chip Kelly thing before we get out of here because uh, of. The, I thought we were going to talk about it tomorrow. We can, but it's it, dude. It's over like seven million views. So, okay. All right, we can wait to tomorrow. We can. Oh, we, we can do it. We can do it. Well, okay. I'm gonna talk about it. Will Rogers is transferring to Washington. Last time he played in an air 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 raid style of offense, Joey went and he went crazy at Mississippi State. Best year under Mike Leach at Mississippi State. God rest his soul. God bless him. Before he passed. Look, Will Rogers is not going to beat you. He's not going to flash things to you in reference to his arm strength, his talent, his pocket awareness. He's above average in everything. But 
He knows exact that he knows that offense. He knows exactly what they want to do. Not saying it's a fantastic addition. Do think it's a really big one, though. I like Will Rogers because of the the system that he's going into fits everything that he did at Mississippi State under Mike Leach. Yeah, I think that with the principles that they're running, it's a good fit because he knows how to succeed. And he's also going to a conference where there's going to be not as difficult of competition to face in the Big Ten as, as he was seeing in the SEC. I just think that we're going to get – I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. I'm a little worried that he is such a stylistically different player than Michael Penix that how that this is going to impact the offense and potentially how much of a step back it could take. Because a lot of what this offense lived and died on was the fact that Michael Penix had, had a ridiculously talented arm, like could stretch fields at an unbelievable level. And that was what made that Washington offense so dangerous on a week-to-week basis is that you had to fear that deep ball. I don't think that he can do that. And I, I just wonder, I, this is pure skepticism, not on the sense where I don't think that they can succeed, but rather how will things look in 2024 with Will Rogers and how much do they change that offense to make things work around him? Don't disagree, but I, I just think that it's a good fit, right? I, I mean, I don't think that they'll go to the playoff with him. Like, they're yeah, not going uh, to go to the playoff. No, they're not going to go to the playoff with him. I'm telling you, he's going to make – I mean, what was the la- last time you made that statement? What happened last time you made that statement? Wait, wait I, the expanded playoff? I made that statement, I said Michael Penix could lead them to the playoff. Uh, no, last time you made the statement, you said that they were going to lose to Oregon twice. You said that they were going to lose to Oregon twice. Okay, besides the point, besides that point, expanded playoff. Will Rogers isn't Michael Penix, though. You could have – there's a world where four you need to see big move 10 teams get in. You just need to move to Seattle. No, I don't like Seattle. I hate Seattle. I have no aspiration to go to Seattle. Don't say you hate it because we might be going there one day. <laughs> Look, there's a possibility with the expanded playoff that they get in. So I think it's a positive that he come, you know, he's the guy stepping in and that there theoretically could not be a drop off if if he ends up beating the guy. Okay. We'll see how it goes. KJ Jefferson has entered his name into the transfer portal. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who lands old KJ. So here are the teams that I think that make the most, most sense. I've got three. South Carolina, because of the um, – I, I think it's the running max coach – that has uh, a connection to have been been at Arkansas. That was part just of the got, reason why just Raheem got Sanders. Raheem Sanders, right? So South Carolina's possible. We're getting killed by South Carolina fans. No shot. No, there. I, I am. You're I, they, I, I, uh, fair. If he's smart, I think the best destination for him is TCU. Get re. You know, reunited with 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 Kendall Bryles, and you get to go back. Your best seasons of your career were with that man calling plays for you. Go to TCU. The other one's Auburn. I think Auburn still needs to figure their situation out. And physically, he fits the profile. You know, these Malik Willis type quarterbacks uh, that have worked in Hugh Freeze's offense. So 
I, I think that that Auburn's another one that makes sense as well. It would be interesting because I think A.J. Swan, who's coming off a Baton Rouge visit, an LSU visit, might be the dude. I think A.J. Swan might go to South Carolina, so I don't know if K.J. makes that move there. I don't hate that TCU fit, but as Elks just said in the in the comments, I mean, Ohio State's looking for a quarterback. They still got to add one. Do you think Devin Brown's going to lead them to where they want to uh, go? Let me ask this question. Are you that confident that Air Nolan, as a freshman, can come in and lead them where they want to go? Well, no, it would be Devin. It probably would be Devin Brown, but I, I think that there is still an aspiration. Devin Brown? I think that there's still an aspiration to pull Cam, uh, Cam Ward. If they don't get Cam Ward, I actually don't hate that. That's kind of why I was giggling at it. I I, I, I kind of don't hate that. I think that that actually would be fun. I don't know if there's any rumors or any smoke to it. That Ohio State wasn't brought up in any of the articles or any of the tweets about it. So No, because he probably won't go there. Right. I mean, just, right. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. You know, I think that there are some teams – he needs to be selective. He needs to be very picky, all right? I don't think TCU is a bad fit. I just remember there being some issues with Kendall Browse and, you know, him leaving. It, it does make a lot of sense. I, I, I just don't know – you know, I, I just don't know. You know what team made me really kind of think that he could – you know, that like really just wonder what would, what would happen – what would happen if he went to Mississippi State? Um, see, I okay. Again, I'm going to re reiterate something that I said about Dylan, Dylan Gabriel. If you are an experienced quarterback that is, you don't played, go to well, something rebuilding. Right? You don't go to a rebuilding team. But Joe, you, where else is he going to go? The I, teams I mean, that we've mentioned here, Auburn is in a position where they could Auburn's be a still rebuilding team. though. But they're a sneaky team, and they did way better than everyone thought that they did. And they could, you know, you couldn't, you could make that argument that with KJ Jefferson, he goes, that they could, he goes to Auburn. People got issues. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. Again, perfect stylistic fit for yeah, what Freeze wants in a quarterback, and and he could do some serious damage. But like, you know, TCU's roster is not bad. I know they had a really bad year this past year, but like, the Big Twelve is not a hard conference to win in. And if he's smart enough to say, "Oh, I get reunited with my offensive coordinator," I get to play in the Big Twelve where there's no defense, and I get to put up a million points, and then maybe go on to the draft if I have a really good year. Freaking Max Duggan got drafted out of TCU for for putting up big big numbers. I think the KJ TCU would be would be the smartest move by him. I agree. All right, you want to talk about this Chip Kelly thing today, or you want to talk about it tomorrow? It's up to you. We can talk about it today. All right. You sure? No, let's just punt. Let's punt it to tomorrow. Let's punt it to tomorrow. It'll be all right. I kind of, I kind of, no, I kind of agree with what you're saying. I feel like it's, it's getting highly talked about. I don't know if we have right. traffic on our channel. Well, I don't really care about that, but it's just, it's viral. I think we need to talk about it. All right. So last segment here, Joe, did you see the clip? So from when you clipped this, Joe, did you see the clip? Um, of Chip Kelly and him saying that we need a commissioner and an ad revenue share and everything like that. Look, Joe, he, he, Chip Kelly said exactly what I've been saying on this show for over a year. You need a commissioner in all big four. You need a commissioner of college baseball. You need a commissioner of college basketball. You need a commissioner of college football. You need a commissioner of women's basketball until they do that. 
let me let me give an example as to why Malik Murphy, all right, the backup at Texas, the quarterback, cannot legitimately go into the portal or has to go into the portal and not play in the playoff games because he has to hit the portal if he has he's got a 30 day window, right? The timeline's all messed up. Now, it does go a little bit with enrollment in school. I I, I get that, right? Like, I, I understand that. But commissioner of football, somebody that knows what they're doing can make a better timeline for college football. The timeline's messed up. The ad revenue share. I 1,000% agree. Joe, look what teams and schools are getting paid for ad revenue shares. Right, I get that that these kids, okay, football specifically, are making money via scholarship. That's the argument that everybody makes. Oh well, their scholarships getting paid and education's being paid. No, here's the truth: the school is paying the scholarship because they want them to come there and play so that they're good on the field. The education for a lot of these big programs is an afterthought. Yes. Okay, so let don't oh they're getting paid the scholarship. Don't don't even come here with that argument. I I think what Chip Kelly said was arguably the smartest thing I've heard a head coach say in a long time. He's not wrong. He's so right. And look, I know our buddy Pate State who has come on this show and and you know we we I talked to him about a lot of this stuff. He wants to be the commissioner. Hell, make him the commissioner. He'll hire us. Okay, I love a job as uh, being in the college football commissioner's office. You got to do it. It, it. We're going there. We, we this is insane, man. Let it, let the NCAA be a governing body. They need to. I mean, we we need just need the the teams to to rally together, and we need some sort of. Or I think the way that maybe this gets set in motion is if the the Big Ten and the, and the SEC combine forces, and they have a you know a legitimate merger. That's what we need. We've got too many solo operating entities. I mean, shit, Blake. I'll go as far as to say this: Chip Kelly should retire and become the commissioner of college football because clearly he is the visionary that we need. Nobody has has gone out of their way to make a statement like this to propose something that is that would be so effective. I thought that in part of what he proposed was a separation and a clear line of separation between the P4 and the G5. The you know the teams that have a lot more money and support going into the program and then the in the lower level teams and there's still cross competition between them. And I think that there does need to be regionality and scheduling and then just like the NFL where you play your region and then you know, one season you play the East, you play the North, you play the West, and, and the way that he described it I thought was great. I forget that if you brought this up or not, but I think that the added then layer to this that makes it far more competitive and makes it far more exciting is if those bottom five teams that there is some type of Premier League le level relegation style because I'm tired of having these crappy programs that put in a piss-poor minimal effort that are in some of these conferences that skate by and then just cash the checks when they don't belong on the same field and in the same conversation as teams like Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. I would love to incentivize programs like James Madison and Liberty uh, and SMU that we're seeing doing it right now 
all of these programs that have money and are in regional areas in hotbeds that they're going to get fan base commitment. I, I just I think it's it's so ridiculous to me that you've got Vanderbilt where no one's in the stands and it's half I on under construction. And, I and look, I look, I know that it's not a great example because like a lot of people hold Van, Vanderbilt near and dear to their heart because of what it does for the SEC branding that they're a part of the conference. No, I don't but, think anybody in the SEC not named Vandy says that though. Right, right. But my point is, is like I see half empty stadiums or stadiums that are full with the opponent's fan base when I could have yeah. a packed Liberty or JMU stadium. I'd much rather have that at the bottom of the at the P5. And they're not going to compete for a national championship, but they're at least going to provide a competitive environment. That's all I'm asking for. But this separation and regionality to scheduling, it needs to happen. You had me until you said Vanderbilt, because then I got to account for other sports as well. Well, like, well, but, we're assuming, wait, wait, but we're assuming, though, that like he's talking about, that football acts as its own entity. Correct. I, I, you're he's you're not you're correct there, but making them pay that this the only thing I disagree. You can't make a school pay at the because the problem is is that conferences run this. Now you could penalize the conference, all right? But I'm not going to penalize the university for being in that conference, right? Like it's the conference. Well, at the end of the day, it's one. If if we're going off of what Chip Kelly is proposing, it becomes one conference. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I, I, I solely do not agree with that. Okay, the only thing that I agree I, – there's too many teams. It's too many leagues, right? Make Greg Sankey the commissioner and call it a day. I, I'm, I'm serious. Call, make him the commissioner and call it a day. Formulate what he needs to do, how he needs to do it. Let him put guidelines in place and be done with it. Because he's the only one that we've seen that knows what he's doing at a high level. But you know, though, that he is going to be one of the biggest supporters of some form of relegation, right? He sure. Has, he has spoken but, on... Well, here's the problem. Have you seen Greg Sankey out there pushing it lately? No. You want to know he, why? Yeah. He's, he, he, well, he hasn't. And TV deal money. <laughs> well, no. What? It, well, yeah, that too. But the problem with what he's not, why he's not doing regulation or anything like like regulation NIL wise, because he keeps going to court and getting his ass beat, and he doesn't want egg on his face. I said relegation, not regulation. But I know oh, what I you're saying. Regulation, like no, no, no. no he's he's spoken on though what I was saying though that he has spoken on um, the thought of of having him it mirroring the Premier League. Okay, I thought you meant like no. Okay, makes sense, but. No, I don't want soccer. Ain't got shit to do with college football. No, but it's the only. It is the only league in the world. They also that, aren't going to school. There's also not a transfer portal. But okay, but it's the only league in the world though that has this many teams and this many different levels of quality of competition. Okay, that's I'm the whole gonna, point. I'm not going to fight that. No, the 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 short answer and the right answer is no. You know what? You know what the commissioner needs to do? Fix the timeline. I, I feel like I'm on an episode of Loki. You know, which timeline am I going to go to today? Yeah. All right. You got to fix the timeline. I I, uh, I hate yeah. to, I, I hate to say that. Okay, but you know what would happen too if you change the portal back some? Less kids would be able to go into the portal. Here's the truth. You ready? 
less kids be able to go in the portal if they can't enroll into that into that school. They'd have to sit out, and it'd be a lot harder for them to go to a semester, walking to class every day. Oh, you coming back? You coming back? You coming back? You coming back? I, I'm telling you. I think at the end of the day, the best way to fix the portal stuff is that if you sign an NIL deal or you sign some type of payment, which is kind of what's been proposed here by being proposed by Chip Kelly, you should be required to be there for a certain period of time. And there should be some sort of process instead of just texting your position coach like, hey, I'm going to the portal. Sounds like a guy who's mad that Dante Moore didn't stay. You think a chip chips man? I think just Keith doesn't Chip's like the got, world. I think Chip's got a chip. It, an NIL deal. Chip, you mean the school was paying him? I, I mean, you got boosters that are paying NIL deals. You got collectives. You're not paying it. See, here's the biggest, and we we yelled about this so many times. Joe, you got normal fans and human beings and businesses, okay, funding this. The school isn't even touching NIL. That's why it's a problem, and that's why I've right. continually said there does they need to be some level buck. of regulation. Here's the truth. They they are acting like they're fighting it. Schools aren't fighting it. They're fighting it because some schools don't have enough money to get there. But the presidents, the CEOs, okay, the presidents that are running, no, shit, I don't want to have to pay these kids. We're getting too much damn money. Now we're making fans having to pay. I, I, dude, I'm telling you that why would a president want there to be an ad, TV ad revenue share when boosters are the ones that have to pay these NIL deals and not them? Right. I actually, and you didn't agree with me on this. I actually thought that one of the things that Charlie Baker brought up can provide I hope a Charlie lot of Baker chokes on a Popeyes biscuit. Look, I think though that this thought process of the the schools signing these players essentially to NIL deals. There are so many creative ways that you can get a lot of things out of signing an NIL deal with from the university to the player where you pay them to to be a part of media appearances and then you can bundle and package that and sell that to fans a part of the TV deal. I mean, we're already kind of seeing that right now and if it's just a naturally occurring thing across college football that guys are getting paid to be representing the school in marketing and and in and videos or whatever it might be that's the better approach for for doing this instead of letting fans and businesses manipulate a, a kid's decision making renee says not true every country in europe has the same setup dude this isn't uh, college football no what i'm saying i think that's in relation to what i'm saying i'm talking about how that these other not just the Premier League. Soccer has so many teams in their leagues that there is movement at the bottom and the top of the lower levels, and that's why the 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 uh, the American professional sports does not have anything comparable to the way that the college sports is is built up. They say LeBron James ever dunk a basketball. That's the reason why. All right. Uh, by the way, Michael Pratt's not playing in the bowl game. Going to the NFL. Oh, huh. Funny when Notre Dame was tampering. Remember when I told you Notre Dame? There was, was there was a thousand percent tampering. Knowing for a fact, no tampering. Joe, I know for a fact that they were tampering. <laughs> See y'all tomorrow. Peace. <laughs>